0: Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 71 of the Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Vogue, and I am your host. Joining me once again in the studio, my co host, our worship pastor, author of the blog post entitled To Whoever Stole My Antidepressants, I Hope You're Happy Now, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Collins. Matt, how are you today, sir? I'm happy, man. It's good to see you, man. <laughs> also, joining us in the studio yet again, our lead pastor, Adam Bishop. Adam, how are you today, sir? We need to spend some time unpacking that matter. <laughs> it's, okay. it's a safe place. No, it, was, it was just
1: a joke. It was okay, just a just joke. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Glad to be here with you guys. Yeah, yeah. I am. giving excited him the to hear your, your opening. <laughs> Is it a joke? Is it a riddle? No, it's, it's not a riddle. It's not Hyperbole? It's
0: unasked for, is what it is. But you know, you know. Yeah. It's a pun. Do you a know what
1: onomatopoeia some? is?
0: Uh, is that a I'm word? I was thinking of all the words I, from English. I don't English. know. Yeah. I think
1: onomatopoeia is like buzz. Yeah. Like it's a uh, yeah, word. Yeah, like, it like, sounds like what it is. Yeah. Describing a sound. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah just popped in my head. So <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> grammar, <laughs> grammar lessons with yeah. Pastor Adam. Yeah. I, I like a new that. section. That's I don't know really not segment.
0: Whatever you do, I don't know what it's called. But <laughs> I remember what that is. <laughs> it's not good. I know that. But, you know, <laughs> at, at this point, with Chad. puns. Yeah. Puns the word. With Chad. At, yeah. at this point, I feel like we're just too far into it. Like I can't stop. Yeah. yeah. So we have to keep going. But, you know, it is what it is. Well, gentlemen, how was your weekend? Get up to anything good? I mean, we kind of always start off with that. That way. So let's we'll start off, Pastor Adam, talk to us about your weekend. Yeah,
1: we had a birthday, and our um, family, Morgan's okay. birthday was on Friday, uh, so we had a good time celebrating well, her. Happy and, birthday, uh, Morgan. Yeah, so we went up to Birmingham and just, you know, kind of enjoyed the day. of uh, Friday afternoon, I got the boys out of school and yeah. went up there and had a good time, and then had basketball all day Saturday, and what, that went well. They and, got to get out of school early for this? Well, so Sam had a special ceremony at his school, okay. and so they were already going to be um, wrapping up, and so... We, we had to be at the ceremony and so yeah. then we just left. It was like one o'clock. Okay. And then when it checked out, um, Jacob and Henry. I'm so. just thinking,
0: like, my parents would never have done that. So, like, I'm I'm very jealous of them getting to <laughs> yeah, get well, out we, of school. We remind so.
1: them often how awesome we are. That's so, right. I'm not sure if they if we they're are awesome parents here. But, um, yeah, so we had a great time. A lot of fun. Well, good. Uh, That's, great. That's awesome.
2: Well, we had family
1: in town. So, yeah, and I hung okay. out
2: with them and, uh, yeah, just hung out at the house, cooked a little bit. And okay. Just real relaxing weekend, man.
0: So. Good for you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah kind of similar for us. So I, uh, I realized this week that my daughter Lena, she's 13 now, that she has not seen some of the new kind of classic movies mm-hmm. that we all took for granted growing up watching, like TBS and TNT on like Saturday mornings. Okay. So uh, we've been going through some of these different movies, and this weekend it was finally time for Indiana Jones, and so <laughs> uh, we we watched a few of the Indiana what Jones. What did you go in? By we the way. did. Uh, it was Raiders, uh, Last Crusade, and then Temple of Doom, which we fast forwarded uh, through that one with the heart. Anyway, <laughs> but um, she loved it. She loved it, man. She thought it was great. So you know, we're we uh, back to the futures on the spoke coming up at some point. Right. But, you know, kind of we've already done uh, you know Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, all those kinds of things, and you know, it's good. Man, it's good times.
2: Y'all hit, y'all hit the good ones.
0: Yeah, man. We're we're trying to do that. Those are great movies. Yeah, yeah. they're so good. I, yeah. And I'm really uh, partial,
1: I think, to Last Crusade because yeah. I saw it in a movie theater. Okay. okay, and I remember thinking how cool it was. <laughs> That's great. the other ones came out. You know, before I was. My parents were going to take me to the movie theater. I remember distinctly seeing that in the movie theater, and it was awesome. And I thought... I didn't know that it was Sean Connery. I just like it's Indiana Jones's right, dad. I right, thought right. he was really funny, <laughs> yeah. you know. And so I'm talking about Indiana Jones's dad, and my dad's like, "Well, he'll always be James Bond to me." <laughs> right? <laughs> right, right, and right. Like, who's James Bond? And my mom's like, "We're not watching this yet. <laughs> we you don't want. So, we're uh, not ready for them yet." <laughs> you know, so, so, yeah. Yeah, very eye-opening experience in my young life. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. I, I digress. Yeah. So yeah, I love those movies. Yeah. They're fantastic.
0: But you know, we, you know, they have a fifth one coming out now. Uh, coming out, I think in June or something along those lines. <laughs> it might be time to hang it up. She's 80 up, years old. Harrison Ford is 80 is years really? old. Yeah, and so I, well, I told <laughs> #lifegoals. <right>? <laughs> but Harrison you know, Ford 80. Anytime something wow. in the movie like the super heroic happens, they play that music. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, yeah. So I told her like in this one, it's gonna be like he remembers like you know to take his medicine, and it's like dun dun dun. dun <laughs> you know, listen, I just want to apologize living. on behalf of Chad <laughs>
1: to our 80 and above crowd that listens to our podcast each week. He didn't mean that. No, right? I no. We're glad uh, you're part of our That's community. Right. So. That's right,
0: absolutely. No, Chad. but uh, it, was, uh, it was... Behave, fe- man. Sorry, <laughs> I apologize. But no, it was It was fun, so we got to watch the movies, get to spend... But it was a great weekend. Had a, really had a good, good time. Weekend. Yeah, had a good time. And then uh, this weekend, Sunday at Vaughn Forest Church was a great weekend, so I want to talk a little bit about that. It was Sanctity of Life Sunday. Adam, kind of walk us through everything that happened.
1: Man, there was a lot of things that ha- happened on campus. So we had some special guests on we campus, yep. and you presented each of those special guests. Uh, special min- They were representing ministries, and you gave yeah. each of those Ministries, some checks, some money. Well, it wasn't me. It was because, the church. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because of all of y'all listening who have given to our Now is the Time yeah, special offering. That's so right. So that was a way for us to kind of give an initial gift. So uh, tell me those ministries again, because um, as you talk about them, we're going to use that to set up our special guest that's going to join us yeah. later in the podcast. Yeah, so tell we us have the a special, special guest ministries.
0: coming to the podcast. So I'll save that one for yeah. last and then we'll get there. Uh, so, first off, one of our partner ministries, uh, Live the Promise, uh, that helps support foster care family like communities right. around foster care. So, you know, different families, they foster, they uh, they bring kids in, and these folks kind of come around them because, I mean... And we had a lot of people express interest in joining. Oh yeah, them. yeah. Which is insane. I mean, the, the amount of work that goes into fostering is just... Right. It's it's incredible. So they cook them meals, do all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that was one. And then we also had the Alabama Baptist Children's Home that was here with us on campus. And uh, they, they help do foster care as well, but they actually... They do the care communities, but they actually... Take to work more with uh, counseling with foster families, helping train folks to foster care, actually connecting uh, children with foster families. Uh, you know, Jonathan, our, our sound guy Jonathan and I, Sound guy Jonathan. Went up there to film that video with them at their kind of their main campus in yeah. Birmingham, and while we were there, there were literally people just coming in all the time to come and sit down with these social workers to learn how to do foster care.
1: And they're the folks who are going to be helping us provide the training, the the tips training. here on That's the right. campus of OnForce, which if you want to become foster parents in the state of Alabama, you've got to go through that training. That's right. And That's awesome. so, uh, Great to have them on campus, and it'll be great to continue to have them on campus yeah. um, for these trainings down the road, so that was good to have them
0: here. Yeah, and, and, and in addition, they don't just like, hey, here's your foster care, go. They provide counseling That's and all great. kinds of things past. So then we also had Life on Wheels, uh, that is a, a local ministry but has actually expanded around the state, and they are kind of a mobile ultrasound clinic started by our friend uh, Dr. Matt Phillips, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they go around and set up all over the place where they do ultrasounds and provide the ability for these women who may be in crisis pregnancy to come and see the ultrasounds and, and get you know get follow up and their prayer is that oftentimes these women who are considering abortion will make that connection when they see that ultrasound and, uh, and choose life instead. And they said they have seen incredible results with this. And so I've been very grateful for them. And then finally, uh, first choice here, uh, in Montgomery, uh, who is a crisis pregnancy center. So I was asking them to kind of describe their ministries and Dr. Matt and, and the, the individual from first choice said, uh, her name was Lynn who was here. He said, well, we're kind of the ambulance. They're the hospital. So they're the ones, they do a lot of follow up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They have uh, you can go there and, it, and, and look through the their baby pantry and get all kinds of supplies and everything. They work with fathers as well, which I thought it's was really so cool. important. Yeah. And so today, one of their folks, Bethany, is going to be joining us here on the podcast in a little bit. And we're going to kind of talk about her experience, you know, ever since Roe v. Wade overturned mm-hmm. the Dobbs decision and kind of what she sees kind of coming down the pipeline. Because when Matt and I went and interviewed her for the video, man, she had she was, so much yeah, good stuff to say. Good,
1: sharp. <laughs> so if you're listening, don't tune out early today, right? <laughs> yeah. You want to make sure you stay uh, with us to the end to get to hear from Bethany's yeah, talking. that's right.
0: So, so that was yesterday morning. It was great to see them all out in the lobby. Folks got to go out and uh, learn more about the ministries. We had a lot of our folks sign up to, to get involved with those things. And so just really grateful that Vaughn Forrest, you know, really uh, the people here support life in, in such a way. And then I want to talk a little bit about what happened uh, last evening. Because, Well, back up right after the second service, we had our first training for our VF Buddies ministry, our special needs uh, ministry. And you came in and saw... We were hoping for a few folks. There was more than yeah, a few. Yeah, it's
1: great. The room was full. And um, Morgan and I were talking about it last night. It was great about, I mean, I may get the percentage wrong. Half to two-thirds of the people at the training are already involved in this yes. in some way yeah. in the community or through their profession. That's right. Wow. And what I told them yesterday is, you know, when when God lays something on your heart, if you wait till you have all the answers figured out, you'll never move right. forward. Mm-hmm. And so we moved forward, not having a clue <laughs> who was actually going to be right. serving in this, making right. it happen. I mean, we certainly know the three of us aren't qualified. It's <laughs> right. So you know, but God is always faithful to provide His people. That's right. So as I looked around that room yesterday, it was one more reminder of God's faithfulness. And right. so those individuals making themselves available, they're going to be running that ministry area, serving, yep. and um, really, really grateful and think about where we were you know, six months ago right. to where we are now, yeah. um, that we're really like about to launch this, yeah. and we know who's launching it. That's right, and, we know and, who's and they know be, what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's awesome to see. Yeah. So if you were at that training yesterday, thank you. And then we were back up here last night That's right. with all of our Next uh, Generation ministry volunteers, That's right. everybody from babies, preschoolers, elementary, middle school, high school. Yep. It was a room full of people. Yes, it was. And it was awesome. Yeah, We got to eat Chipotle. Yeah.
0: Chad led us in a riveting trivia game. <laughs> so, with What, a what lot was of, it
1: called, by like, the way? It was <laughs> called
0: Useless Trivia, but Adam was heckling me from the I audience. I I started heckling because it <laughs> he, he took
1: Useless to a whole new level. <laughs> oh, I mean, it, it was bad. It, it, it was, was bad. It was terrible. Like what? But um No. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're not revisiting that, okay? Oh, come on. Well, okay. Yeah. We will. So one of the questions was, how many sweat glands do people have okay and the right answer is like what? 2 million yeah. which I got to tell you right now I will never believe that because there's nobody who counted
0: that like there's no <laughs> yeah, one who who's was sitting like around counting 85,427. <laughs> it's like come on like, I don't I think th- that's how science works well no you know. I don't I, where did listen, you get these don't even like, get me started yeah, on science this last
1: three years
0: we could do a whole podcast oh, on man. science
1: so anyway um, up, yeah. I read a headline this morning that said you came from a star and the subtitle was the the miracle of evolution, and I was just like, who, What are, That's science that. yeah. this is, CNN. So, anyway, I <laughs> wow, you know, I spent half my morning reading CNN, half my morning reading Fox News. I try to just get it from both ends of the spectrum. <laughs> that's right. yeah, I yeah. leave frustrated both times. So, anyway, <laughs> we're talking, uh, wanting more. So, we're talking about sweat glands. We got we got a lot to talk about yeah, today. Yeah, right? yeah. so the training it's, was the, awesome. The important part, yes. Aldrich sounds good. Aldridge did fantastic. Yep. New student pastor, got a lot of you know, folks serving that area. Morgan, yeah. shout out to Morgan. I mean, not only is she my wife, she's also an amazing kids minister. <laughs> That's She's right. doing a fantastic job, and we've got so many amazing people serving the next generation That's in our right. church, and we're just so blessed, and it was fun. It was fun to be with all those folks at one time, and um, I think they all left encouraged. I think they left um, equipped, yeah. and uh, man, we're just going to keep reaching teenagers and discipling the teenagers we have and the kiddos we have and yeah. discipling them, and um, baptized a couple of those kids yeah, yesterday yeah. who recently so cool. attended yeah. a kid faith class right. with parents. And um, so we're just seeing a lot of great things happen in that ministry area. And in many ways, uh, those volunteers what make all that happen. So super right. grateful for them. It was a lot of fun. So yeah,
0: cool. so had had a great time with that. Really looking forward to all that God's going to do. We got, we have all of our stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. Launch our new fourth and fifth grade rooms. Yeah. Launching VF Buddies. Yeah, man, this is exciting man, time. It's, it's busy time, yeah, man. Yeah, it's but exciting. It's, it's so good to see <laughs> see what God's doing. So yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's go. What else <laughs> we need to do? That's right. That's right. So like we said, uh, Bethany from First Choice is going to be joining us a little bit later on today. But before she arrives, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about the message from yesterday. Uh, fantastic message talked more yeah. about our are for such a time is this moment with road v wade being overturned mm-hmm. you keep using that phrase are for such a time is this moment so can you can you unpack that phrase for us a little bit more um
1: yeah i mean the the phrase comes from scripture you know and so we see that being used um you know i i tend to think of it in terms of the story of ruth but that's really not where it comes from it actually comes from the book of esther where she uses that phrase to help Mordecai see, hey, look what God's doing. Right. Perhaps he's raised you up for such a time as this. So I think recognizing for such a time as this moments historically, it's 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 easy to do when you look backwards. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's helpful to recognize them when you're walking through them. Right. And what happened last year was significant, and right. it happened in our lifetime. God's moving, God's answering prayers This has become, if for such a time as this moment, how are God's people going to respond? What are we going to do? How are we going to move into this new season now that this— um, you know, legislation changed. And, and so I just feel like sometimes in your life God throws things your way yeah. and asks, you know, what are you going to do? So that's the best phrase I can come up with yeah. to help mobilize God's people to answer this call.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, and I love what you said about how there are generations and, and our saints who are in heaven now who have prayed for this yeah. and yeah. how this is our time. This is our time to stand up and yeah. do something about it. I thought that was so And they good. would
1: all smack us in the back of the head <laughs> right. if we weren't doing <laughs> right. something, right? Because yeah. right? Right. they were like, what, I mean, this is what we were praying for. Yeah, that's right. So let's go. What do we need to do? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, um, your first point yesterday was about what we believe Um, that life has value no matter at what stage of development. And so uh, and since life begins at inception, that aborting life at any stage is murder. Hmm. Um, So why do we biblically? why, Why do we believe biblically that
1: abortion is murder? So the Bible distinct distinguishes between killing and murdering. Right. And so, you know, there were wars in in the Bible right. times. Yeah. I mean, David was actually an incredible warrior, warrior. Yeah. who also played a harp. Right. So he, he yeah. kinda blows all of the 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 stereotypical, you know, masculine stereotypes yeah. away. You know, I like that about David, but David killed, I mean, yeah. lots of people. You know, we read the book of Joshua, <laughs> lots of people being killed. Okay. <laughs> so the Bible makes a clear distinction, and that's helpful. We have a lot of you know, men and women in our church who have served in our nation's military. Right. Mm-hmm. And part of that protecting our country, unfortunately, right. involves yeah. that, right? Yeah. So we see the difference. Murder is any time you take an innocent life. Right. and you do that with intent mm-hmm. with purpose with malice it it's not like you had a car accident and a vehicular homicide was the result right you know, it, like you are you are choosing to end a life and you're choosing to end a life that has done nothing that would warrant by the legal or judiciary system an action that their life right. should be should end and right. and and the Bible has lots to say about capital punishment and what that was supposed mm-hmm. to look like in, in Hebrew times the Hebrew people and all those different kind of things. So, if you're taking a life, you're murdering. Yeah. And we believe, since life begins at inception, that from that point forward, if you end that life, you've murdered mm-hmm. that individual. And that individual is an individual, period, not an individual once a particular stage of development occurs. That's the lie that our culture is bought into. And so if you end a life, then it's murder. And we believe that God's word has that to say about life at any stage that it's in, Mm -hmm. whether it's in the womb or whether it's outside the womb. And so therefore, if you end that life, it's murder. Mm
0: -hmm. So one of the things you said was that we are at a crossroad where the church can really be the church. And I know that oftentimes the media likes to portray, you know, the church Christians at, you know, when it comes to the topic of abortion as yelling at women as they enter into abortion clinics and holding up signs and and all these other kind of mean and and hateful, you know, stereotypes. So my, my question is, what did you mean by saying that the church can really be the church that we're at that crossroads?
1: Well, I mean, if we're going to rely on the mainstream media, we might as well just pack it up and go home. Right. I mean, mainstream media is no longer doing its job. Mm. I mean, journalists quit being journalists a long time ago. They're literally the mouthpiece for the liberal left. That's Mm. all they are. So what I mean by the church being the church is just go spend some time on Fox News or CNN.com. I do every day every single day, and I don't do it because I want to. I do it because I'm trying to keep myself informed. Mm. How are Christians portrayed in our society? Right. You know, what, what? what is the presentation that we get? And and recognizing there's not another group of people in our society that get that type of treatment. Mm-hmm. This is how the media treats us. We're, we're the only group in our society that it's okay to demean and to diminish and to make fun mm-hmm. of And and— call all the names and misrepresent and all the things that if if we take what happened to us in mainstream media and applied that to any other group can you imagine yeah. the outcry the right. outrage that would happen yeah so since that is what's happening and I mean our president like his tweets over the weekend about what he's doing and how he's committing himself and how he will not stop until we're able to get you know the constitutional right to abortion legal again which is Garbage, because to use the Constitution is, and so you you see that. Okay, now the president before him did a lot of rude things on Twitter and mean tweets. Chad, right? And so he would send a mean tweet, and the media would literally melt down.
0: Right, melt
1: down to the to the extent that they removed him from a platform where you can express yourself through freedom of speech. We'll just leave that one alone. Okay. But then our current president can literally tweet, I mean, a thread about murder, and it's applauded. Mm -hmm. So if the church doesn't be the church and step into this mess and really get on the front lines of loving and serving with no strings attached— Women who are walking through the fear and the anxiety of an unplanned pregnancy, men who are walking through the fear and the anxiety of an unplanned pregnancy, being willing to acknowledge here are the challenges that will now be presented with babies being born. And there's a lot of things that are now needs.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: We got to meet those needs. Mm. Um, If we're not all in with all of the above, at some point, because the noise is so loud from the other side, that is going to be the only messaging. And so God's people are going to have to step into this and then step into this in a way where we celebrate this. We don't celebrate this publicly uh, to draw attention to ourselves. We celebrate this publicly to remind a lost and broken world, once again, this is what the love of God looks like Mm -hmm. when his people put it into practice. And in many ways, hoping that that's what begins to break down some of their walls that they've built up towards God, built up towards the gospel. So we've got to do it. Right. We don't have another choice. You see what I'm saying? absolutely. If we don't do that now, I mean, I'm sitting there watching all these kids walk around the church and lobby, and all I'm thinking about was what is their world going to look like in 20 to 30 years? Yeah the trajectory that our nation is on. So if we don't do this now, you see what I'm saying? I yeah, just don't even think we, I mean, I, I don't see another option. Yeah. Right, right. We, we this is the opportunity. Yeah. We have to. Yeah, this is know, if we don't, like, what are we doing? Yeah. Right. You know, we're certainly not being the people of God. So right. yeah, this is what we have to do.
2: Well, okay, so what are some of the ways that, we and our partner ministries
1: are supporting the cause of life.
2: And how do our folks get involved with yeah, that?
1: Yeah, well, we we know that we're not smart enough to figure everything out. Right. We know. I mean, Bethany's going to be on here yeah. with us in a little while. There are folks that have been doing this for years. Right, right? they know what works and what doesn't work. Yep. They know how to uh, steward financial resources well and how to make sure they don't waste them. Right. Yeah, they know what people need and what they don't need. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes God's people that are well intentioned can actually try to be a Solution and they actually just make the problem worse. Right. Churches yeah. are yeah. great at that. <laughs> right, 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 so, right, right, what yeah. we don't want to do is be that. We, right. we want to partner with like minded Christ followers mm-hmm. who have already been doing this. And, you know, Morgan and I went to a dinner that First Choice um, had. It was one of the first things we did after we moved to oh, Montgomery well, okay. um, about four years ago. And I mean from day one I was like okay this is good to see yeah. like these yeah. folks have yeah. you know they're they're on the ground and so yeah that's the first thing is we're going to lean very heavily on those who are already doing this mm-hmm. and we're going to send them our people we're going to send them financial resources we're going to send them our prayers but what I believe is in a new season God always moves in new ways right. so it wouldn't surprise me if in the coming months and in the coming years God begins to show some of our people ways to lead moving forward in Mm -hmm. this new reality. Some of you listening may birth a new ministry. You may not know what God has in store for you next. You may spend the next 30 years of your life doing something you never even saw coming, but God may show you an opportunity to address this. And so Mm -hmm. I always want to Make it a both-and. Yeah, yeah, we're going to partner with people right. already are doing this, but right. we're not going to say we're not open that if yeah. God shows us or shows some of you a new way forward to pursue that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. really
0: good. Well, I like this conversation. I am really excited that Bethany is going to be joining us, and so we're going to take a real quick break. It'll be just a few minutes for us. For you, will be instantaneous, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Bethany will be joining us right now. And joining us in the studio, special guest, executive director of First Choice here in Montgomery, Bethany Garth, correct? Yes. That's okay. Correct. Awesome. Hey. Well, we're so glad that you were here with us Thank you so yeah. much
3: for having me. I'm yeah. excited to be here. Yeah.
0: Thank you for taking some time. And we so enjoyed having uh, folks from your organization here with us yesterday at the church. They did. They were fantastic.
3: Well, and they said they enjoyed it as well. well. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah.
0: So tell me a little bit about uh, the ministry of First Choice and and what you do there.
3: Yeah, so First Choice is a pregnancy resource center We used to be called Save a Life Montgomery And a lot of people know us by that name And we were founded in 1982, so about 40 years ago Oh, wow Um, And the, the idea behind a pregnancy center is that that the church's best response to the issue of abortion is to support women and men who are facing unplanned pregnancies Mm. with their decision to offer compassion hope help and ultimately the love of Jesus and to empower them to make a decision for life so that's really what we do in practical terms that looks like offering free pregnancy tests ultrasounds we offer emotional and spiritual support the Mm. nurse goes over medical information with them but past that pregnancy decision we also offer Parenting education We have an On-site baby store Where clients can Earn free baby Supplies if they Participate Mm -hmm. in our Parenting classes We have a Fatherhood ministry For our dads We have a man on Staff who works With our dads We also offer A post-abortion Ministry for women Who have experienced Abortion because The statistics are That it's I think It's about one out Of every four women In the U.S. Will have experienced An abortion by the Age of 45 And so with that Number we know That there are Women who are Sitting in silence Who have been Traumatized Mm -hmm. who Need to know The grace and love and forgiveness of Jesus. So we offer that. It's a confidential ministry um, that's just led by a peer counselor. And then um, we also offer STI testing and treatment, which is kind of one of the prevention arms of our ministry, trying to provide education and uh, empower women to make better lifestyle choices before they ever find themselves in an unplanned pregnancy.
0: So one of the things that was so impressive to me when we went and talked with you that day on camera, uh, the, the compassion that you guys have in your ministry right. there. And I remember, you know, you talking about how, you know, how important it was showing these women compassion mm-hmm. because they are going to go to a place where they receive that. And so one of the things that just stuck out to me so much about what you guys do is how much you guys love these women and then these, these fathers as well that are, that are walking through these uh, crisis pregnancies.
3: That's right, yeah. Our, our clients... You know, they don't need a voice of judgment. They don't need a voice of guilt or shame. And we really believe that if Jesus was here today and if he was a part of the pro-life movement, that what he would be doing would be walking alongside women and men who are in these situations. That's so
2: So good. good. That's so cool. Um, So I want to talk a little bit about some of the major differences that you've seen since the overturn of Roe v. Wade.
3: Yeah, yeah. Great. What, what do you want to unpack that a little bit? <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh,
0: so, wanna, well, so we talked about a little bit about how the battles move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So
3: so well I'll say, you know, First of all, a lot of believers don't really even understand what did it mean that Roe was overturned.
1: Yeah. Okay. So let's,
3: let me just unpack that for just a quick second. Um, And the overturn of Roe didn't make abortion illegal across the country. What it did was it took the issue back to each state Mm -hmm. to determine on a local level what their own legislation on the issue of abortion would be. And in Alabama, you know, we praise God that on June 24th, the day of the Dobbs decision, that that day our Human Life Protection Act went into effect Mm -hmm. and abortion became illegal. Alabama and all five of our abortion clinics here in our state closed and have not done an abortion since that time. Wow. So we celebrate that. You know, here in Montgomery, um, on South Perry Street, we had the longest operational abortion clinic in the state and it's closed now doors are closed so um, we praise God for that but we have not seen that you know I think the misconception is that now maybe abortion is less accessible and uh, that's just not true unfortunately we wish that was true mm-hmm but for women in Alabama, it, it's just not the case. So what we're seeing are two primary trends develop. Um, the first is that women are looking to travel out of state for an abortion. So um, in Alabama, abortion is illegal. In Mississippi, abortion is completely illegal as well. And the same in Tennessee. But in Georgia, you can get an abortion up until about six weeks, five days of pregnancy. And then in Florida, you can get an abortion up to 15 weeks and six days. Now, Georgia technically is actually it's a heartbeat law. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's abortion is illegal after there's a fetal heartbeat present. But they're typically we've seen that they're kind of just loosely going up to about six weeks. Um, And so we've seen a lot of our clients who are considering abortion or who are even determined to have an abortion. Maybe they already have an appointment scheduled in Atlanta. Um, or some of them are planning to go to Tallahassee. If you think about it, those places are two to three hours away, and that's right, a day trip. Yeah. It's just really not that hard or yeah. that far. So that's one of the primary trends that we've seen. Mm-hmm. The second thing is the accessibility of the abortion pill via telehealth, yeah, and so yeah. um, even before Dobbs was decided. In fact, in the same month that Dobbs was being argued before the Supreme Court and there was all this energy behind the pro-life movement, kind of back in the behind the scenes, um, the Department of Health and Human Services through the FDA changed the regulations on abortion medication so that it would be available via telehealth permanently. Now, that was an adjustment that was made during the pandemic so that people could get it via telehealth mm-hmm. during COVID. But after December of 2021, that has been a permanent change in the classification of that drug. So now it's available via telehealth. And what we've seen and you might have even heard in the, the news in the past two weeks Retail pharmacies are getting the ability to sell these drugs. And so if you can get a telehealth appointment from somewhere out of state, um, you know, still in Alabama, CVS and Walgreens aren't going to be carrying the abortion pill. But um, it's just becoming more and more accessible. Whereas before the Dobbs decision Mm -hmm. and before COVID, you had to go to an abortion clinic to get that medication. And now it's going to be available at pharmacies and it's available via telehealth. Yeah. and that, you know, the telehealth piece is kind of scary because then I, I know I've shared this with you guys, but, you know, just as an experiment, I went online and ordered myself an abortion yeah, yeah. pill and I didn't even lie. You yeah. know, I didn't even lie and say that I was pregnant. I ordered it under something called advanced provision that I could mm-hmm. get pregnant. Um, so I wanted to have it just in case. And I ordered it from a provider in California. And it's it's just not that hard, not to mention, and that was a legal way I did it, um, there's all kinds of black market drugs being moved, um, just passing hands that aren't being documented. So the the accessibility, unfortunately, to this medication is increasing. Um, And I think that there's risks that come with that. But the reality is um, abortion is not going away.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
3: And and yeah. in fact, I I keep saying, you know, I think the other side, those mm-hmm. who are on the, the pro-abortion side, were ready for this moment. And they had been kind of gearing up behind the scenes, getting things ready so that abortion would be accessible if Roe was Right. Like so if
2: y'all
0: had an opportunity to prepare for
2: it, so did they.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, they were yeah. not caught off guard. Right.
0: Wow. So let me ask you this. And you guys have been on the front lines of this fight for a while now. So what... What do the front lines look like now? So the, the 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 landscape has changed. So what what is it that, you know, you guys are doing? What are some things that folks can do to get involved in this fight?
3: Well, you know, it's funny. We're both changing and we're not. Okay. You know? <laughs> um, well, one thing I keep saying is our mission hasn't changed, right. obviously. You know, our mission... Uh, And our our vision, which our vision is to reach abortion-vulnerable members of our community in the name of Christ to make life their first choice. Well, abortion-vulnerable members of our community are still there. So our our mission and vision and even our implementation um, of services, those haven't changed, but there's just the dynamics around the whole thing have changed. Mm So – yeah, you know, The nature of the phone calls that we get on a daily basis has definitely changed. Interesting. Um, so we still get people calling. Um, you know, first of all, people don't know what the law is <laughs> at all. Yeah. Um, so we get phone calls for abortions literally every day. And wow. we have people call and they're like, I'm looking for an abortion. You know. Or do you guys do abortions now? Or you, they're just not really clear. So, sure. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we're... At First Choice, we're very strategic. We're investing a lot of our resources into marketing that helps our website and helps our presence on Google mm-hmm. show up when people look for abortions. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. So we're we're using keywords. We're using SEO. Um, we're investing in that market because mm-hmm. we know if a woman is looking for an abortion, she's going to go
0: go online, yeah. go online, yeah, right.
3: and look for where she can get it. So <laughs> right. the good thing is that we're showing up in that search. Um, but the the nature of those calls has changed a little bit since Dobbs, and and almost to our advantage. What we're be able to say now is, you know, abortion is illegal in Alabama, right. so. Mm-hmm. But here's what you need to do before you consider traveling to get an abortion. And so we tell them, you need to, you need to be seen by a medical professional. Mm-hmm. You need to come in. You need to get an ultrasound. You need to know exactly how far along you are. You need to know what your dates are. Right. You need to know that you're not about to have a natural miscarriage. You know, there's things that you need to know. We're calling it our No Before You Go campaign. So we're reaching them. They're calling us, and we're able to say, look, of course we're not going to do your abortion. Right which we would have never done your abortion. And we tell them very clearly, we don't provide or refer for abortions. But here's what you should think about doing Mm -hmm. before you even go.
1: Yeah, It's one of the things I love the most about your ministry is the name of it. Mm -hmm. I love that. And um, I remember my wife and I went to dinner uh, several years ago, right after we moved here. It was one of the first things we did. And we were so impressed with everything about the ministry. But I love reclaiming that word choice. Mm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Because the pro- I feel very comfortable using this. The pro-abortion side chose to say, no, we're the pro-choice side. Mm -hmm. And what your ministry is doing is actually pointing out you actually have a choice. And this is the first choice we're going to encourage you to make, which is to choose life. Right. And I love how strategic you guys are to reclaim just that word and just that language. And I can't imagine how many stories you could share that have come just from that. Like someone thought I was looking into someone who was going to give me that choice, mm-hmm. right. but she pointed out I have this choice. Right. what well, happened.
3: And, you know, we say we're the real home of choice.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, right. you yeah. if
3: you go to Planned Parenthood, they're no not choice. really giving you That's choices. Right. They are selling abortions. Right. Yeah. But wow. at First Choice, we provide education, mat- medically accurate information about all of your options, and we provide support. And resources, and so we are really the ones who are empowering the client to make the choice. Right. And and I, yeah. you know, I say this a lot. Like we're not in this to guilt or shame women or to control their choice. And right. sometimes it's hard. You know, you walk out of an appointment, you realize that client is still going to have an abortion, even mm. though, mm-hmm. you know, I I had this conversation. She saw an ultrasound, and you can just tell, like her heart wasn't changed, but. Mm-hmm. You know, what we see in our relationship with God is that he gives us choice as well, right? Like, and sometimes we make really bad choices, but, um, (laughs) but he has grace for that and he loves us unconditionally. And so he does not control us with fear or shame. And so we don't, Take that approach with our clients. We're mm-hmm. just here to love them, to serve them, and, and to empower their choice. And we really believe that with the right tools and resources, a woman and a man are mm-hmm. much more likely to choose life for That's their good. baby.
2: So, good. so, what do you see coming over the next hill for the for pro life, the uh, people that choose pro life? Mm-hmm. Um, what do we need to be prepared for?
3: You know, I think now that. In some states, abortion access is limited.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I think we could be, pre- we should be prepared for stories and maybe even scare tactics from those who would be pro-abortion access mm-hmm. um, to kind of elevate stories of women who couldn't get abortions or maybe who got an unsafe abortion, right? Yeah, um, to try and promote those stories as a means to increase abortion access on a federal level. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think that's one thing, and I think that if it really snowballed and spiraled um, could turn into even something as severe as a constitutional amendment.
0: Well, that was the, I mean, not to be crude, but that was the old, you know, coat hanger in an alley. Mm -hmm. And that was the argument. Yeah. Yeah. And so I
3: think that we should look for those kinds of stories, especially as you see the abortion pill being used very liberally um, Mm -hmm. and with very little restriction or oversight. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that that is kind of in the political and, and um, legal realm, um, that you should look for people to try to increase access. And, you know, this goes very state by yeah. state. There are states that are far less restrictive mm-hmm. than they were before Dobbs <laughs> yeah. right now. So, you know, in Alabama, we have very conservative laws. Things are very different in New York and California. Right, right. So I think you should also look at more, uh, you can expect more, like, out of state marketing and tactics. Um, I've heard of abortion clinics that are that neighbor uh, pro life states taking mobile clinics to state lines to offer abortion pill. Oh, wow. So really taking a play out of yeah. our book, right, right? On the pro-life right. side, right. we've right. had right. these mobile clinics. Yeah. And they're like, "Well, wow, that was a good idea. Well, So like we see the tactics going on both sides. Right. So I think you can continue to see um, those who are pro-choice or pro-abortion mm-hmm. kind of ramp up. Like I don't think that we should expect in any way that they're going to sit down and lie down after this. Right. Like, right. Oh, well, boy, that was a big loss. I yeah. guess we'll just kind of take this one sitting down. Not so you, the case. They're going to ramp up. Yeah, for sure. Um, But then I think the other thing that we can do just kind of proactively, and this Mm -hmm. is what we've looked at at First Choice, and I would challenge believers in this, is to really think critically and... to be intentional about what what we're telling our children, what mm-hmm. we're educating our children about sex mm-hmm. and about um, God's plan for sexuality and marriage, what we're teaching them about fetal development and um, about abortion. You know, like we've got to have these conversations with yeah. our kids. And one thing that we've identified at First Choice, you know, the, the abortion, while— truly horrible is a symptom is a symptom of a deeper Mm -hmm. problem and the deeper Mm -hmm. problem is that we have as a culture rejected God's plan and design for sex and marriage which was good and so you've got this like oh and then you've got an unwanted pregnancy but that all came back to a violation of God's plan for marriage and family and so we've got to be proactive in the church Mm -hmm. about first of all teaching our own people because we're (laughs) not exactly you know winning the day on that front (laughs) but then and also pushing out into the culture at large, yeah. and I don't mean in like a rally kind of way, but like what that looks like for us at First Choice is we've just opened up this new position, um, and we're going to try and provide uh, programs in local schools that would provide abstinence-based sexual health education for wow. middle school wow. students. That's great, because yeah. there's currently in Montgomery Public Schools there's nothing. There's no really? there's no uh, sexual health or sexual risk avoidance type right. of education, and really? so. You know, we see that as a huge deficit. And and honestly, like, these children are sexually active at such young Mm -hmm. ages. Um, And so, again, just looking at, like, abortion is a problem, but it's a symptom of a deeper problem. And so how can we be intentional about um, engaging on some of these deeper
0: issues? Hmm. I
2: love that you're approaching that from, like... Education and yeah, being knowledge. very proactive
0: about mm-hmm. it because you know the, the old opinion was like, uh, oh, don't tell them anything and they won't be curious. Well, no, 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 they're going to be curious uh, and they're going to want to know. This is a whole other can of worms. Yeah, yeah. But but let me ask you this: you know, you talk about like parents helping educate their children on these different abortion, you know, topics and understanding. Mm-hmm. What are some good resources that that parents can access to help with that? Because you may have a parent out there that goes, "Hey, I I don't know really how to how to approach this subject mm-hmm. with my child." You know, is that something you guys would offer with this new position that you're looking for? Like, Mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit about that.
3: Yeah. You know, you've just spoken to like one of my dreams, Chad, Mm -hmm. which is like to go into churches and offer resources for parents Mm -hmm. to talk to their kids about sex because that is the core issue here. And so many Christian parents are terrified. You know, yeah. they're they're scared their kids right. are going to ask right. them something. And I'm like, no, the good thing is if they're your kid asking, asks you yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, just yeah, like practice sure. keeping your game face on and just <laughs> do it. You right. know, uh, I want to go give parents pep talks. You know, my children are still pretty young. So I'm still like on the front end of navigating these right. waters. Mm-hmm. Um So I don't have like a lot of offhand resources. I will say for parents of teens and young mm-hmm. adults um or uh, and even like preteens, there's an organization called AXIS, Access, org, and they have a lot of resources like booklets okay. and conversations mm-hmm. and podcasts and things that help talk about cultural issues. It's not just about issues of sex, although that is one sure. of the Big Mm -hmm. topics, as you can imagine, Um, but how to navigate a lot of the cultural issues that your teens or young people are dealing with and how to have ongoing conversations. And I think part of it goes back to that ongoing conversation and not think about, oh, I've got to have this one talk with my child, and so I'm going to prevent, you know— yeah. Different mm-hmm. things by having this. Once talk I have and an this early, one conversation, it's over. <laughs> so yeah, then yeah, yeah. we're done. <laughs> right. Like I'll check that box one off done. and breathe, right. <laughs> breathe a sigh of relief. But but to intentionally engage in an ongoing conversation and to view all of that through a yeah. lens of discipleship, right? Wow, because it's really all good. about it's a part of discipling our children. We should disciple them with a biblical worldview about sex and right. marriage. And abortion.
0: That, that's so good. So let me ask you this. What What are some of the best ways for folks to support your ministry and, and, and others like it, but specifically First Choice?
3: Yeah. Well, for starters, uh, you know, not to beat around the bush or anything, but we always need financial support. Sure. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, it costs money to keep our ministry up and going and mm-hmm. I always say our, like our monthly supporters are the bread and butter that's what keeps our lights on and our staff paid and mm-hmm. um, so that that is always a big one you know a lot of a lot of people don't have the availability to come in and volunteer or to be a part hands-on mm-hmm. um, but everybody can do a little bit of something yeah. so,
1: so if someone wanted to become a monthly supporter or even give like a one-time gift where would they go to do that yeah
3: we have a website support first choice.org we'll put that up on the first. screen right now as yeah. well for those of you who support, are watching uh, support first Choice.org, and there's a donate button on there. Um, We always need prayer, and uh, I'll just go and share. We. Every year at the beginning of the year, we have kind of a conversation between our staff and board, and we talk about what are we going to pray for Mm. uh, for this year? What are we going to agree on in prayer? And then invite other people to pray with us for our ministry. So uh, just to kind of give you a quick recap of those for this year, if you want to pray with us in 2023, number one, we're praying for our staff and our board um, and our volunteers, just that the people at the core of the ministry that us and our families would be protected and well. And, and sometimes I'm, I'm always a little scared to hire people because I'm like, I'm sorry, once you start working at First Choice, like, you really, your life might fall apart. <laughs> 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 I'm so sorry. Uh, because it just seems like there's always something, yeah. but we know that the enemy Spiritual is attack real. is real. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah. So we're inviting people to pray for that. The second thing is we're praying for this expansion that we're going to make into local schools. So praying for God to raise yeah. up the right person to be our school program director, and then um, that we would be effective and that God would give us favor as we go into these schools Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, we would be able to impact the lives of a lot of young people and not just, you know, intellectually, but like that, that the spirit would move, even yeah. though we're not going in as a, fa- we, we can't go in with a faith based curriculum, but just believing that it was, we sow in God's truth yeah. that it will reap benefits.
0: So let me ask you this. Someone may be listening right now and they're like, God's moving on their heart. Like that individual may be listening right now. Right. How, how would folks get in touch with you if they're interested? Yeah. In they can just out?
3: email me, Bethany okay. at first choice, I'm sure y'all can put that up on the yeah. screen. We, we absolutely, yeah. yeah, for sure. Um and then the third thing that we're praying for is that we would be um, that our conversations would be effective. Mm. And so very specifically, I'll say, you know, for the past fifteen years since two thousand and eight, uh, we went medical, and that was when our center began offering ultrasounds. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. really the whole pregnancy center movement. You know, we're part of a larger movement. There's like eleven hundred pregnancy centers like us across the country. And the whole shift was really to offer medical services, to offer the ultrasound, because the statistics show that when a woman can see her unborn baby, when she sees that heartbeat, she's much more likely to choose life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for years, really, our goal was to get them in the door and we would even provide the counseling piece. But really, the focus became get them to an ultrasound. You know, we want people to see their baby. And that is so compelling. Um, But what we're having to make a necessary shift is that our ultrasounds are getting earlier and earlier. Mm -hmm. And because the Georgia law is that abortion is pretty much your cutoff is six weeks. I mean, you can talk to all people in pregnancy center ministry right now. We all know that means people are really rushing into this decision. And they'll also tell you that if you do so, uh, an ultrasound on somebody at five weeks, you don't really see much. You see maybe a thickening of the lining of the uterus, but it's hard. You might see a gestational sac, but you're not going to see a heartbeat at five mm-hmm. weeks. Mm-hmm. And so in a lot of ways, we feel like this one really compelling thing that we had isn't as effective because we're right, having to scan right, them so yeah, early. Right. And they're, they're trying to get the abortion before they see that heartbeat. Right, right. Um, And so we've really wanted to make a shift in our ministry to say, how can we increase the quality of the conversations that we have? How can we do a better job of supporting her and having an effective conversation, whether it be for a pregnancy test or with our other appointments, like when we meet with our dads or when we're doing STI appointments? and. And even with clients that come in who are likely to carry, when we're sharing the gospel, how can we yeah. be effective? And so just asking the Lord to increase the effectiveness, because one thing we really know is that we uh, we aren't in charge. Uh, as I said before, we're not in charge of people's decisions, but God can use us mm-hmm. um, and our words and our conversations to change people's hearts. So we're just kind of asking right. um, for effectiveness. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Well, I, I love how dedicated you are to the local church and how... Um, like yesterday in the video that we showed, you mm-hmm. mentioned that your ultimate goal is to get families connected to the local church. That's so right. So why is that something um, that you guys are focusing on?
3: Mm, that's a great question. And, it, you know, I'm going to steal a line from, we're, we're part of this bigger network I've uh-huh. told you about called CareNet, And yeah. our president of CareNet, his name is Roland Warren, mm-hmm. and he talks about we can't end abortion without discipleship. That's what he says. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, and he, he, calls, he, he describes this thing called the eighteen eighteen problem. problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if a client comes in and she wants to have an abortion and she's maybe young and it's her first pregnancy and we have this great conversation and she sees an ultrasound and she changes her mind and chooses life and we're all like, yay, mm. and we'll praise the Lord. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then we, you know, maybe she even does a few parenting classes, but if her life doesn't actually change and nothing else changes besides the fact that she chose life for her baby, um, then she'll either be back in 18 months or Mm. that baby will be back in 18 years. And so we've got to look at underlying issues. And what I say all the time, all the time, if you ever hear me talk, you'll hear me say that the greatest need of any woman or man who walks in the front door of our center is not to choose life for their baby. It's to have a life-transforming relationship with Jesus. And so if we don't view them through the lens of gospel transformation, then we're just doing transactional ministry. Wow. We're just, and we'll have them come back. Yeah, They're just going right. to come that's, back. They're yeah. just in, and I'll tell you, I mean, I, I love to paint this picture. I, I hope I'm not um, giving some false representation that we're so good at this that we never see clients come back. Yeah. I mean, they come back, you yeah. know. And it, but we know, and we've kind of made some intentional shifts in the past few years, but it's a, it's a long, mm-hmm. long-term vision of saying, you know, their greatest need is Jesus. Mm-hmm. and if they're gonna really be a disciple of Jesus Christ then that happens we, like, we are not the primary vehicle for that the mm-hmm. local church is and so we've got to look at having clear systems and processes to both share the gospel mm-hmm. but to make mm-hmm. disciples and mm-hmm. that happens in the context of a local church
0: That's awesome. So good. That's
1: really good. Yeah. We're so grateful for everything you do, everything your ministry does. And I'm I'm just sitting here blown away. Right. All the things you're sharing. And um, we've got a lot of folks who listen to this every week who – Um, our goal when we started this was to help provide discipleship resources the other six days of the week and so we get in here and cut up and goof off and try our best to help disciple people Mm -hmm. I think they finally feel disciples disciples. so I hope this is not the last time that we have you on this podcast it's been fantastic so thank you um, for giving us time today oh thanks for having me thank you for taking some time appreciate it so much
0: well we we do want to say thank you for joining us and again like Adam said we can't wait to have you back sometime soon and uh, thank you for being here. And we'd like to say thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us today and listening in. So on behalf of Bethany, Adam, Matt, sound guy Jonathan, and myself, we appreciate your time and we will see you next time.